Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Good morning. So many people feel lonely or or undervalued. (laughs) Do you find that? People are searching for answers, seeking happiness and fulfillment. They ask, is there more to life than this? And what is the answer? When I, was, when I was a child, I had a little book. It began with the question, Who made you? And the answer, God made me. In my book was the answer to every question that I should ever need to ask. Why did God make you? God made me to know him, love him, and serve him in this world and to be with him forever in the next. I loved that little book. It was reassuring to have answers to my questions, to know that God himself made me, and he wants my love. I've been watching a TV series called How the Universe Works. It is truly amazing. The vastness, the variety the tiny details that hold everything together. Wow, what a wonderful world. Such breathtaking beauty. And here's the thing. The creator who made that same universe also made you. Knit you together in your mother's womb. You are the person that he wants you to be. He even knew what you would look like. And he's pleased with his handiwork. He likes you just as you are. As the song says, I am chosen. I am who God says I am. Never mind any mean comments made about you by someone else. You are the person that God says you are. You are his child. There is a simple answer to that question. Is there more to life than this? I don't think there is. To be known and loved by God, that is enough. And make no mistake, you belong. You are loved. You are wanted. Surely we should be happy from the very depths of our being, joy welling up. Because he loves us. Jesus said you will find contentment when you live under divine rule. We can find happiness. Did Jesus teach us how to be happy? He did. In the time of Moses, God gave a set of commandments. And as a child, I lived by those rules, just as I do today. I think we all do, don't we? These commandments 
Help us to recognize the sin that we must avoid. Ten Commandments. You must not have any God before Jehovah. You must not worship anything. Put no idols, nothing before him. You must not misuse the name of God. Keep holy the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder, commit adultery, or steal. Do not tell lies against your neighbor or be jealous of anything that belongs to someone else. We live by these commandments. They bring stability and order to our lives, peace and harmony. Do something wrong and we immediately feel awful, guilty or unhappy. Early in his public ministry, on a hillside in Galilee, Jesus gave his first recorded teaching, known as the Sermon on the Mount. As I prayed and prepared myself for this morning, I felt that the Lord was impressing this passage on my heart, and I was pleased to be able to have the opportunity to look again at the Beatitudes. I've always been a little bit uncertain of them because I wasn't sure that I really got it or fully understood their meaning. What do they mean? Difficult concepts, strange language. It was a very radical message. For example, Jesus teaches, You have heard it said, Do not commit adultery. But I tell you, Anyone who looks on a woman or man lustfully has already committed adultery in their heart. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Wow, that is radical. But Jesus said, you won't get to heaven just by following a set of examples, of commandments. No, he asks more of us. I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What did he mean? He wants us to look at our character, not just what we do. And because we love him, our hearts overflow with love towards our fellow man. And that means that we are stirred to action. Today and through all history, we see the difference that Christians make, fighting for peace and justice. In the Beatitudes, Jesus gives a list of the qualities that describe his true disciples. You could say that the Sermon on the Mount is the Christian manifesto. Jesus describes how life in the kingdom of God works. It's our value system, our ethical standards, attitudes to money, ambition and lifestyle. These define his followers. So let's look at the characteristic traits described in the Beatitudes. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who realize how much they love him, how much they need him, those who know that without God they are empty. Jesus isn't speaking of poverty in terms of material things. No, that's not it. 
There's a story which Jesus told that illustrates what it is to be poor in spirit. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood right at the front and he prayed, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I am not greedy, I'm not dishonest or impure. I'm thankful that I'm not like that tax collector over there. In the meantime, the tax collector stood right at the back and scarcely daring to look up into heaven. And with a gesture of despair, he cried, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. That man, Jesus said, went home justified in God's sight. When we know our poverty, God is our refuge, our deliverer. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus went on to say, Blessed are those who mourn. Yes, we weep when we are aware of our sinful nature, when we recognize our need for forgiveness, our need to change. What is more dear to us than being in God's presence? We know a deep sorrow if we ever feel that we've lost our relationship with him. When sin puts a barrier between us and God. Jesus understands that sorrow, what it is to mourn. We are told that he looked over Jerusalem and he wept. Oh, Jerusalem, he cried, eternal peace was within your grasp, but you turned it down. Now it's too late. You rejected the opportunity that God offered you. Their sinful ways and their hardness of heart caused Jesus to mourn. We need to examine our hearts and recognize our need. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted by the God who sees all things, the God who saves. He is our comforter. Beatitude number three. God blesses the meek. Some translations use the word humble or gentle. Paul wrote, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with each other in love. Make allowances for each other and their faults. Because of your love. Again in Philippians, Paul writes, Do nothing out of selfish ambition, vanity or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Looking after the interests of others before your own. We model ourselves on Christ Jesus. He taught us how to serve one another. By his own example. He is the servant king, our teacher. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
those who, recognizing what Jesus has done for them, actively seek to be right with God. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Look around. Who do you see? I see a family of like-minded pilgrims whose prayer is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Simon said that we are outliers, not outsiders. We are hungry for righteousness and justice. Each one of us, living out the good news of Jesus' love and sharing that love with those who God has put alongside us, telling our family, friends and neighbours what Jesus has done in our lives yesterday and today and helping them to understand that only God can fill their emptiness. As we learn about the issues in our town, our country and the world, we give our support in whatever way God shows us. But the most important thing that we can do, more productive than anything else, we pray. We must pray. Alone or in twos and threes, of course. But also in the various opportunities that Burlington has for us to come together in prayer. Let's be involved. I recommend to you the Encountering God evenings. The prayer for all when we pray for Ipswich, our country and the world. Then there's men's prayer night. And by the way, there is men's prayer night this week. Men's prayer night, ladies' prayer night, our small groups and missional communities, 9.30 worship on a Monday morning. We need to pray. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled by the God who provides. He is the bread of life, Messiah. Next, Jesus says that God blesses those who are merciful. What does that mean? The dictionary defines mercy as compassion and forgiveness, shown to someone who is in your power, someone that you can punish or harm if you choose to. If you have mercy on someone, you let them off the hook. You're kind to them. This is about compassion forgiveness, and leniency. Lord, have mercy on me. He shows us mercy because he loves us. Is there someone that you need to forgive? Someone who you are angry with? Someone who needs your mercy? Jesus told a story. There was a wealthy man who lived in supreme luxury. Lying at his gate was an exceptionally unfortunate man called Lazarus. He would have been happy to eat the food under the rich man's table, food off the floor. But the rich man was unsympathetic. He offered Lazarus no help, 
no food or clothes, medical assistance or sanitary support. No compassion, no mercy. In time, they both died. They stood before their maker. And I think you know what happened. You can find the story in Luke chapter 16. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy by the Saviour, who is our rescuer and our hope. Blessed are the pure in heart. This is the beatitude that I needed to study most closely. Pure in heart. Jesus sees our hearts. It is not enough to clean up our act on the outside. We know that. We cannot make ourselves holy. We can never stand before God in our own righteousness. The more I desire to see God, the more I recognize my poverty. The more we hunger for righteousness, his holiness, the more we need his mercy. James chapter 4. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded men. The Greek word here, dipsosios, means someone with divided loyalty. Someone who is wavering, two-faced, half-hearted or lukewarm. We cannot be in his presence unless we have a pure heart. Is there any help for us? There is. We pray with David, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. James writes, Humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. Billy Graham put it this way. Do you want to be happy? I should have asked uh, Sherry to come and do this. Do you want to be happy? All right then. Only the pure in heart are really happy. And they are happy because they are at peace with God and the world. A Christian should be known in his neighbourhood and in his workplace as an honest person, a person who can be trusted. In other words, Billy says, you are blessed when you get your heart and mind right with God. Is there a sin that clings, that you can't shake off? Perhaps something in your heart needs his healing, needs his forgiveness. We have a fantastic opportunity to seek God's healing through prayer ministry. Everyone I know has found healing through this gentle ministry. For me, I needed healing from wounds and fears after going to boarding school when I was four. Fear of being abandoned, insecurity and hurt most of us in fact I think all of us need God's healing all have sinned 
and fallen short of the glory of God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we are saved. Romans 5 tells us we are made acceptable, justified by our faith in Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. He is our shepherd, our counselor, our healer. The seventh beatitude tells us that God blesses the peacemaker. Look no further than yourself. Peacemakers build bridges. Paul said, as far as it depends on you, live peacefully with everyone. Be the peacemaker in your own family. Bring peace and harmony to your environment and help others to cooperate with each other. The peacemakers will be called the children of God by the Prince of Peace. And lastly, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, who are insulted because of their love for Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. We don't suffer anything like many of the Christians around the world. But when family, friends and colleagues ridicule or belittle us, it hurts. Be happy about it, Jesus said, for there is a great reward for you in heaven, a reward which is freely given by God, who is truth. To sum up then, Jesus brings a radical message. He describes the pathway to heaven. Grasp it with your whole heart. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He shows us the way to contentment and happiness. Grasp it. God looks at the heart. He cares about who we are in the deep, private recesses of our lives. The real me. The real you. He wants us to acknowledge our sinful nature. To come to him so that he can cleanse, heal, and make us whole. If you want to know how, read the stories that Jesus told and the life instruction that he gave. It's all there in the Bible. Meditate on it and absorb it. But don't try to do it on your own. You belong to this family. You will find that they need you just as much as you need them. So get together. Pray together. Have faith in Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone of your life. Amen. Thank you, Jane. Let's just spend a few moments thinking about what God might have been saying. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peace need the mind of Christ.